warmer days. And hope you're excited about the new facility. I love those when Ron does announcements right from there. And Ron and Scott, they just do those. Those are great. And a lot of people doing hard work there and seeing some great progress. This is the last in the two-week series on peace. Don't sweat the small stuff. And we want to talk about that today. Um, we just want to get to the place where, you know, have you ever gotten, you've seen growth in your own self? Some of us, you know, where what used to maybe upset you six months ago doesn't even hardly phase you now. Maybe six months is not a good reference. Ten years ago doesn't phase you. How many have ever before kids? Now you're like, okay, somebody pulling my chain. All right. But uh, we, we get through life and, and we learn things and sometimes we'll get, you know, how, what, how we lost it or how we blew that, but then how to maintain that. We want to continue to talk about peace. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what's it made of. Last week we talked about that peace gives us position, that just that peace of God, we just, that gives us, it puts us in the right place to receive when we keep God where he's supposed to be. Gives us position. We also said that the enemy was a thief. He wants your peace. Because if he can get you upset, then he can put in all kinds of things and make you ineffective for the kingdom of God or for you really just to enjoy your life. And the third thing we talked last week was with peace comes power. If we keep our peace, we have some power there. And uh, that's because God puts that there. We also talked about staying in the will of God. And that, and I said this before, but probably in the 25 years plus of ministry that Kim and I have done, that is probably one of the most questions asked. I don't even know if I'm in God's will. How do I know if I'm in God's will? What, what is the will of God? I don't know. Of course, it is in the written word. We know that. But how do we know about the will of God? How do we know if we are flowing in the will of God or walking and doing what God wants to say or what he's telling us or that we're being obedient to that? And I gave you four ways that you can tell. The first one was just to pray. And when I'm talking about praying, I'm just talking about just talking to God, just like you talk to you know, your best friend, you don't have to change your voice or you don't have to, you know, sound uh, English. Hello, hello, father. You don't have to do that. Not that I do that very well, but uh, just talking with him and just being real. And so just talking to God, God, this is what's bothering me. Or I just thank you for this and just praying with him daily, having that time with him. Secondly, was just reading the Bible. Now, there's all kinds of versions of the Bible out there. There's people that are just, you better have this version, you better have this. Uh, this is my mindset. I want something that I understand. It does me no good if I read something and I don't know what I read. I mean, I, it doesn't minister to me at all. So find something that you understand, but make sure that it's a fairly accurate version of the Bible or one that you know that's, that's good. So, I mean, I, I do a lot of quoting out of the New Living Translation. It's very easy to understand. New King James is basically King James without the these and the thous. So that might help you a little bit. Living Bible, you know, is, is more paraphrased. It, it, it's given you more of the meaning or the thought. Amplified Bible, it just is very loud. You don't have to... Amplified Bible is all the words in it and stuff. But anyway, read your Bible, pray, read your Bible. And the third thing is have a good work ethic. We live in a world now that's full of entitlement. You need to do this. You owe me all that stuff, you know, and people that don't. Am I just wrong about this? But there, there's people that just they just don't like to work. <laughs> but the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. I mean, you know, really, you need to take care of your families and we need to put our hand to it and work. There's nothing wrong with a good day's work. Adam had to work the garden. God created all of that. So we have a good work ethic. And the fourth thing is just obedience in our giving. Just, God, what do you want me to do? Not just financially, but just in what I'm doing. But, 
but you know, primarily in, in finances as well. We need to be obedient in that. When we are in tune with what we're praying, what we're reading, and it's all about God and, and our work ethic, we're honest, we have integrity, and we are giving the way he wants us to do, you're going to be in the will of God. How many knows if you feel like, I, I'm going to lose him, God will never lose you. He knows right where you are. So just do those four things. We talked about that last week. We're going to go just a little bit further. And uh, so let's pray and then we'll get started for today. Father, I just thank you that you are orchestrating this message to meet uh, what we need to hear today. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus name. (coughs) All right. James 3.18 says, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. That's the New Living Translation. Here's what the Amplified says. So this is, again, same scripture, but it's a lot more explanation. And the harvest of righteousness, of conformity to God's will and thought and deed, is the fruit of the seed sown in peace by those who work for and make peace in themselves and in others. That peace, which means concord, agreement, uh, harmony between individuals with undisturbedness and a peaceful mind free from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. Sounds like a college professor to me. But basically, this is what that's saying. When people administer peace, it's people, when they're administering peace, they understand that. That's how they can administer it. You can't really administer peace by screaming. A Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. So you can't, you know, that's like you live in a time where, you know, you ever have your mother say, shut up and answer me. (laughs) Something wrong with that. You know, those kind of things. So he, they're saying we need to understand that we, those that administer peace have at least some understanding. And those are the seeds and the fruit that are planting. Uh, word of God is going to take root and produce in your life if you allow that to. And that word produces peace. So we need to understand just having God inside. How many knows the Bible says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world? There's peace in that. If we're understanding this, that means no matter what I'm coming out against or something's coming against me, greater is inside me. The same Jesus that walked 2,000 years ago is living inside me. So then I have the peace that I might not even understand, but I can make this thing work because God's going to help me. Say amen to that. All right. All right. Ephesians, it says not to stay upset. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. I'm sure everybody in here has never went to bed mad. I am guilty of that as well. But basically what we're, we're trying to understand saying it, it's best to keep peace. Because when we let strife in, we let in all kinds of things that don't bring peace to our household or to our lives. And with peace is paired with strength. I'm going to show you what Paul is going to talk about in the New Testament. And then we're going to kind of look at Nehemiah as well. But he's talking about living life on purpose. And that's great for the tagline. That's what we do at True Life Church. We live life on purpose. But Paul's talking about here's the reason. Because we're doing the things we do purposefully. How many knows that God does things for you and in you purposefully? God doesn't just go, you know, God probably never said, oops. He's always, he knows what he's doing. He doesn't make any mistakes. He He's amazing at that. Here's Romans. Here's what Paul's saying. 1417 for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink but of living a life of goodness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit Nehemiah 8 10 says the joy of the Lord is your strength so they're combining that that whole we need that joy and we need that strength so with peace is not only that comes strength our first thought today there's strength and peace 
there's strength in peace. Now, we don't always think that there's strength in peace, but there is. Since we've already talked about peace has power, it also has strength. Let's talk about strength for just a minute. When we think of strength, we think of, I'll be back. We think of muscle power. We think of Schwarzenegger. We think of, mm, you know, those kind of strength. But, you know, isn't there peace in quiet strength? Is there peace in just saying, I don't have to get the last word in? There's, there's inner peace when we understand that there is some strength involved in the peace of God. Strength isn't always just the outward display. It's inner power, inner knowledge, inner recognition, inner yielding. It's just saying, you know what, God... I'm just going to pass this to you. I'm going to let you help me in this. The second thought for this morning, and it won't take us too long today. Peace brings agreement. Agreement with what? We have to start agreeing with God. Did you know that God's never wrong? If you are praying and you are praying and not praying amiss, or you're praying and you're, something's not happening, it's either not time or... Maybe you're praying amiss, or maybe you've allowed peace to leave and some other things to come in. You could be harboring unforgiveness. There could be all kinds of things going on. But if we stay in peace, if we do those four things to stay in his will, then you cannot lose. Because if you are being unforgiving or you are being bitter, that root, then you're going to know as you communicate with him because it's going to hinder your prayer. Say amen to that. If we're going to allow offense to come on us and walk and run through us and do all these things, you're not going to have the peace of God. And if you'll have little spurts of it, it won't last because you're being controlled by something else. We need agreement. Jesus told the disciples, go into a town and minister. And when they came into a house, if they speak peace over it, they can stay if they were welcomed. If they weren't welcomed, they were to kick the dust off their feet. And go on. Three ingredients that bring results. We've already talked about power, but strength and agreement. So let's think about power, strength, and agreement. If those three cords are wrapped in peace, give me some of that. Give me, you know, because I can have peace knowing that my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I know that greater is he that's in me. The battle's not mine, but the Lord's. That's for me and my house. Come on, if we would understand this or get a glimpse of this, then we could really, we could start going, you know what? I mean, Brett, are you telling me I could start loving my life more? That's exactly what I'm telling you. Think about that three-stranded cord. Think about the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's so many things that we let rob of our peace. Little things, don't sweat the small stuff. Reminded of a couple that just got married and they're on their way to their destination and they're, this is back in the day, so they're both on horses and they're just trotting along and the lady's horse stops and she kicks it with her spur. Well, she didn't have spurs, but she heals it. She heals it. Well, there's a new one. And the horse doesn't move, so she gets off the horse, walks around in front of the horse and goes, that's one. Goes back around, gets up on the horse, gives it another nudge. The horse takes off a little bit. They go a little bit further, stops again. She keeps trying to get it to go. He won't go. She gets off the horse, walks around in front of the horse and goes, that's two. 
Gets back up on the horse. They start again. Sure enough, the third time, the horse stops. She just gets off the horse, goes back to the saddlebag, gets a revolver, comes over, and just shoots the horse. The husband is like, what are you doing? You can't just shoot an animal. What have you lost your mind? Who did I marry? She looks at him and goes, that's one. There's so many things that there are out there that want to steal your peace. There's so many things that, that are just little, little things that'll just mess with you for having a good time. That you can't just enjoy your life. We need that strength. We need the thing that peace brings. Philippians says that we can do all things through Christ. In John, Jesus says, apart from him, we can do nothing. So what are we agreeing with? We have to agree with what God says. It is God that does the plumb line on, on this. Well, what does he say? You know, his word has answers for everything. So we just have to find it. So that's our job. God, what do you say about this? You know what we do in society today? We run to the phone and not the throne. I got that from Joyce Meyer. Isn't that true? How about now it's tax time or you just got through tax time. You go ask five people how to do your taxes. You'll probably get five different reasons or answers. You should apply this. You should, if you're married, you should apply and jointly and you should do this. If you're not married, you should, you know, you should take a ski mask and, you know, I mean, I don't know. There's all kinds of things, but God has an answer for everything. What do we get in agreement with? Let's get in agreement with the word. Why is this important? Why would the enemy want that? Because the word is the most important and the most powerful thing in your life. Look at John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and life brought Light to everyone, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Revelation twelve eleven, one of my favorite scriptures. And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. They did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Your version, if you have a, a New King James, will say um, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. What we're trying to get you to understand is you need to get what God says about your situation. You want peace in it? What's going on? then you need to start speaking to that mountain. Quit telling the mountain or God about your mountain. Start telling your mountain about your God. Start talking to the mountain and, and then understanding, okay, this is why. Why? And I'm telling you because the peace of God that's in you, the strength, come on, the power, the resurrected Jesus is living inside you. You can move the giant. You can move the mountain. But do you want to? Do you believe it? I was just, you know, I was just telling the praise team, there's some stuff that I, you know, I, in my own mind, you know, or I'll say, how many knows life and death is in your mouth? You can say some stuff. I, you know, and I did. And now I got to, I got to fight the giant. You allow things in by what you life, what you speak. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to lose. I won't lose. Why? Because greater is he that's in me. But what I'm telling you is I didn't have to fight like this. Are you with me? The reason so many times we don't like things is because if we are really gut honest, we put them on ourselves. If we don't choose Jesus, we choose the enemy by default. We have to submit 
to God. God, I need your word. What do you say about this? What do I what do I do? You see, if the devil gets your peace, he gets your strength. He gets your agreement. Why? Because he goes after the word. Because he'll do everything contrary to the word. Did you know fear is opposite of faith? Are you afraid about anything? That's not God. He didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Well, I'm afraid this is not going to work out. I'm afraid this is going to be this. I'm afraid that I'm telling you is rooted and based in the enemy and it's enemy driven. And you have to recognize that. And if we recognize that God is in control and we yield that to him. Inner strength. Inner peace. Ephesians 6.13 For shoes of the shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. Ephesians talks about the armor. And we, you know, there's messages all about the armor. The armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the gird our loins with truth, you know, the shield of faith and the, the shoes of peace and the sword of the spirit. And, you know, all that. And this, these are all front armor. It's all for front. It's like a hospital gown. They're real good for the front, but boy, they're air conditioned in the back. There ain't nothing going on back there. So God isn't expecting you to retreat. He's expecting you to stand your ground or to advance. And how do we do that? We do that by keeping our peace. Because he's the one that takes up the ground. He is the one. Do you understand? I mean, you need to understand. Let's picture this as a river. Okay, here's a river. Joshua, Moses is dead, and Joshua now is going to take the Israelites into the promised land. Say amen. So this is what he's got to do. Now, they've got to go across this river. Well, there's all this stuff. You know, they'd already seen miracles. They saw the Red Sea split, and Moses, you know, held the staff up. And, and they kept the, the fire and all the cloud kept the Egyptians back. And so at night, everything got dried out. They just walked across, you know. So this is what happens, and we need to understand, this didn't happen until when they're taking the ark over there. You read it in your Bible, this didn't happen until they, that's how it happened. They could have stayed up here all day long. I can't get in. I can't go across. We can't go across. And God is saying, yes, you can. Just go. I can't. Just go. I can't. Just go. I can't. Yes, you can. Here's why we deal with all this. Because peace is one of the emotions we feel when we feel. I mean, can you understand what I'm saying? When we feel peace, we feel good. We feel calm. We feel good. The problem is, is we are using what we see to get what we feel. I can't see this. God, it's not opening. God, I don't see this happening. I don't see how that bill's going to be paid. I don't see how this is. God, I don't see this. So you must not be working. You're not even listening to me. And God is saying, will you not believe me? Numbers 11.23 says, is my arm waxed short? Could I still? I, I can meet your need. But you have to say, God, I don't have to see it. Help me today. The just shall live by Faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. If you have to be a seeing, then that's not faith. 
then there are going to be things that you will see. And you'll be like, yes. There are going to be times that you're just going to have to, i got to step out. I'm just going to have to step. You know, that's how that happens. God is not going to do something that you can do yourself. I mean, let's, let's just be real. Mary and Joseph, to travel to Bethlehem is probably not the most convenient time for her to go. She's with child. She's carrying Christ. What if she just said, I ain't doing it. Not going to do it. You can come to me. Mary, did you know? That song would have never gotten written. (laughs) But she said, okay. And what she told the Lord, what she told the angel, she said this. Let it be unto me just like you said. I'll do it. So what she's saying is, if you're waiting for convenience to get your peace, this isn't Ronco, and we're not doing a 1999 special. What I'm asking you is this. I want you to trust God, and I want you just to step out and say, God, whatever you say, that's what I'll do. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, placement. <laughs> Did you know that's half the battle? We need to find our place in Christ. We need to have Christ in us. We need to just say, God, if you're in me, that's what I need. Then I'm placed properly. The word stand in the Greek is histemi, meaning to abide. The Greek word abide in John 15, 7 means to stand in John 15, 7. But if you remain, your Bible might say that, or abide or stand in me, my words remain, abide or stand in you. You may ask or do anything you want and it will be And it will be granted. You may ask for anything you want. And it will be granted. So the abiding position is a place of power. As long as I'm abiding in Christ. We used to sing that song. You old timers will remember. Abiding in the vine. Abiding in the vine. Love, joy, health, peace. He has made them mine. I have prosperity, power, and victory. Abiding. Same song. But that's where they're getting that from. Hebrews 4 says, when you cease to struggle, labor instead through faith and obedience is to enter the rest of God. You will enter his rest. When we stop, see, because we want to work this out ourselves. God, I got to do this. Now, there is a part for us to do, but there's a part you cannot do. There's a part that you let him do. The Bible says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord in Exodus 4.13. But all these words, abide, still, rest, remain, stand. They say one thing, don't lose your peace. If God is saying you can do this, don't lose your peace. Philippians 1, 28 says this, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they're going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. And the Amplified even says more. It just explains it more. It just says it, it's going to show them. We cannot be intimidated by the enemy. The enemy, that's all he does. He just is a lot of talk. Remember, remember, remember. If the whistle on a train makes noise, that's all it does. It doesn't pull the engine. you got to have something in the engine. But if you have Jesus inside of you, you got something in your engine. And you don't have to shout about it. There's strength. There's power. Now, you can shout about what I'm saying. And to the enemy, you don't got anything to prove. That's why he's after you. He already knows that. And it's not your battle. It's it's God. So we let God, we just yield to him. God, what do you want me to do? 
If you want me to tell him, I'll tell him. What do you say? When you're attacked, stay in peace. If the devil can get you upset, then he's winning. If he cannot, then he's losing. Don't lose ground. You have the shoes of peace. Another way is is the gospel of readiness. They talk about those shoes of peace. But when you have those shoes on, you are you're ready. I'm I'm firmly planted. I'm I'm grounded. It's kind of like running. If you've ever played football on slippery grass or mud, but it's so great then if you ever get a pair of football cleats. Because then now you can dig in. That's what having peace is. When you understand God inside you, you have footing. Galatians 5, and 23 says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Two of the wonderful fruits of the Spirit are peace and self-control. Anybody ever lose it? You don't want to tell me anyway, do you? Why, no, I've never lost it. Never. Self-control and peace. It's kind of neat that they pair those. Here's our, our third thought this morning. Let God drive. You can enjoy your life while God works on your problems. Let God begin to do things. Let God begin. You know, this is... I don't know why the Lord's given me this example. I didn't use any of this in the first service. But, you know, when you have an issue, what we do with this is we worry so much, don't we? We start thinking about it. Mm, what if this goes this way? What if, what if they say something else? What if, what if? And we, we do all of that. And we, people will say, I don't know how to meditate. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. I'm going to change this word a little bit. And now let's talk about marinate. This will be one Rick Gator would like because this has to deal with meat. You put a marinade on a meat and it just does its job. It just sits and soaks. The meat just soaks in that. So that marinade does, what's it do? It breaks down all this other stuff in the meat so that it gets tender and it gets all the stuff. We need to just marinate in God. What, that sounds like a, I don't know, that's not a weird example. But I mean, what I'm saying is life is full of enough stuff to get you on the grill. I'm not just trying to flip to another subject. (laughs) Oh, well. I'll quit while I'm ahead. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And worry never brings the answer. You might as well have trust and peace and faith. You want to believe God and pray and have peace before it shows up. We don't have to see it. We already know it. Or you can pray and worry and be miserable. I'd rather be happy and let peace run my life. Worrying can just delay your answer because you're not going to see peace when it comes because you're too worried about everything. Jesus told us that in this world we'd have tribulation. Be of good cheer. He's overcome the world. Life happens to everyone. Everyone. I don't care who you are. I've had a wonderful week. And I'm being sarcastic. But we are not overcamers. We're overcomers. We'll never reach a place where we won't need God. We've got to lean on God and do it God's way. Because we always are going to need God. If we will allow it, the enemy will just try to run you down all your life. If you work in a, it doesn't matter, I mean, everybody's got somebody probably that just is like petting a cat backwards, just rubs you the wrong way. 
I had people like that, and I, I don't, I didn't hate them, but man, it just seemed like all they wanted to do was agitate me. You ever have any agitators? You don't have to be one, but ever been agitated? Oh, and you just want to go, will you just stop? The enemy wants to do that. He wants to destroy and take away your peace just to get you agitated. And if we continue to worry about things, we continue to be upset. Worry leads to unbelief and it allows fear in and that opens the door to so many things. But when we say, God, I just am going to believe. Brett, you don't even know. You don't know what I've done. Well, I'm telling you what. I've got my own set. You don't have to worry about me. I won't worry about you. How many have ever lived in regret? You know what regret is? You're upset about something you did. And you regret it. And so you you just think about, if I could do that over. How many knows the past is the past? You can't go back. So you have to go forward. Now the enemy will get you back in the back of yesterday just to get you to relive that over and over again, just to devalue you, just to get your senses and just to get worry and fear. And But I'm telling you, there's no future in that. You're going to have to start trusting God for his grace and his mercy, thanking him for that and walking in newness and, and God, I need you. Life can be full of that. You're going to have to do what God wants you to do. Jesus did not say he was the great I was. If you want to live in the past with regrets, if you want to go to the future, he didn't say, I'll be the great I will be. He said, I'm the great I am. This Jesus I'm telling you about will help you right where you are now. Right where you are now. He's always with you in every situation. So what brings peace? And that's our final thought for the day. Prayer brings peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, the world wants this kind of peace. When everything's going wrong, if you could just say, you know what, God, I'm just praying. You just got to give me peace. This situation. You know, when things are going crazy, there are a lot of people doing a lot of things. Can you maintain your peace? There's things that happen in life that will trip you or or the enemy will use to get you to lose your peace and if you lose your peace it doesn't mean you're a bad person it just means you're going to have to get with god and just regain that ground come on somebody there's grace and there's forgiveness but there's times that there's things that won't affect you that might affect me or vice versa and you need someone come on in a weird wacko situation we need somebody to keep their head Somebody that says, I'm not going to lose all this. God, what do you want me to do? We need somebody that will say this way. Thank God for police officers and firefighters. And that will be like, get here, here's the door. Let's go. Because they, they're trained. They've, they've kept their head. They've kept their peace. Now, what I'm talking about now is even in situations that you're like, Brett, this isn't like that. Maybe it's not a physical fire, but maybe there's things that are burning or things that are happening. But you have to keep your peace. You got to quit being afraid. You got to quit living in the past. You got to start saying, God, I need you right now. Can I say he's right there? But the problem, the problem is, we're back to here. 
God, I don't see you answering this. And he's saying, I'm here. What? Show me. You know what God says? Trust me. Show me. Trust me. Can I tell you, if he's greater in you, he doesn't have to show you. You're just going to have to trust him. People ask me all the time, I don't understand why did God do I don't understand how he did that. You know, I don't really understand all of that sometimes either. But according to that scripture, I don't have to understand it all. Matter of fact, it's going to be sometimes above my head. When I was a kid, did your parents ever talk above your head? Come on. We used to, t- we, we used to spell. Tell our kids knew how to spell. Hey. In about 30 minutes, it'll be time for them to G-O-T-O-B-E-D. And that always worked till the kids are going, I am not tired. My mom would do stuff like this to me. She'd say, as I was a kid, maybe this to this day, I don't like naps. Does anybody else not like naps? No, I'm not against naps. I will take a nap if I fall asleep watching like football or John Wayne. I'm okay. But I don't, I don't voluntarily go for naps. I have to be exhausted to, to take a nap. I would rather just endure the day and then collapse in bed and sleep till morning. That's me. Now, there's some people that like naps, and then we're probably very happy that they have them. But my mom, when I was little, I remember her saying, even when I'd go to bed or I'd have taken a nap, and I'm, you know, three, four years old, I still remember, she'd say, now, young man, you get up on that bed and you go to sleep. Mom, I don't want to go to sleep. You will go to sleep. I don't want it. Well, that didn't work because I wouldn't go to sleep. I would then, I'd be just playing in my room. I'd be like a monkey on everything. And then she, she changed the rules. You will not get off this bed. You have to stay on your bed. So then I pretended my bed was an island. And I was Captain Hook. And I was fighting all these things. And she would hear me in there. And I'd be making all kinds of noise. Or the island was a tree. Or you know what I mean. Then she said she changed the rules again. You have to read these books. That's not good. I don't want to read about Dick Rand and Sally and Bill fell or whatever. I don't. And then she'd say, and I'd say, I'm not tired. And she'd say, okay, then just you just lay there and don't go to sleep. Don't you go to sleep. You just lay there quietly. Psychology. That's one. And then I'd end up, and I'd end up falling asleep because I'd end up reading a book or I'd have to play quietly. And she got me to settle down. I'm trying, you know, I, I, I know it sounds a little silly, but. Sometimes if we just settle down a little bit, we can listen better. We can hear that still small voice just saying, I got this. You don't have to see it. You just have to understand he's got it. And I'll say that one more time. You don't have to see it. You just have to understand he's got it. And if I understand he's got it, then I don't worry about it. My kids never have to worry that I would protect them or not protect them. They always knew I'd protect them. That was never a concern for them, ever. Do you believe God will take care of you? If you believe that, quit worrying that he won't.
The world wants what you have. I have people tell me this. I give, I give him my sins, right? If I accept Christ, I give. Can I tell you 2,000 years ago, he already took your sins. He's not going to the cross again. This is a matter of us pulling the trigger to go, yes, I receive what you did on Calvary. He's already taken those. So we just have to yield to that strength and that peace that God puts inside. God doesn't put bad things on you to teach you a lesson. Now, there may be things in life that you say, have you ever prayed for patience? Yeah, you've all been in traffic jams and people are telling you you're a number one driver. At least you're trying to think that's what they're telling you. But there there are opportunities where you can lose your peace all the time, but you must maintain your peace and take those opportunities as ways that you can grow. But God is not, he's not putting bad things on you to teach you lessons. These are just, we live in a life that's full of life. But we can be overcomers by having Christ be strong in us. All right. I'm just about finished. This is what people, this is going to, this is, this is all worth coming in. People ask me this, they'll say, I can't get this off my mind. How do I get this off my mind? It just, I wake up with this, I go to bed with this, and this is, how many knows that's where your battle is between your two ears? Okay. Now, and again, I said in the beginning of this message, I said, because of my mouth, life and death is in my mouth. If you allow things in that you're not supposed to, then you're going to have to deal with the giant because I just allowed him to come into my playground. Did you catch that? So now he's on my land. Do you know if you have people that are on your land and you're not supposed to be on your land, then you have to kick them off. So now I got to go. I got to go confront this guy because I opened up the gate. Now nothing bad. I'm just talking about just things I've said, just like with my, um, you know, sickness and that kind of stuff. You've got to be careful about how we how we say things. So anyway, so then I fight him, and then I'm I get better. Jay's fighting him, and he's better. And I'm not saying Jay did anything to let the giant in. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for me personally on, on this particular thing I'm dealing with. Here's what happens. The battle is in your mind. So this is what you got to do. You got to think about something else. Can we turn those down just a little? Because I can't see anybody. <laughs> got to think about something else. Oh, that's better. Thank you. You got to start saying, and this, I mean, it's, it's this, it's as simple as this is. This is as hard as it gets. God, I'm going to get my focus on something else. You might even have to put your actions on something else. God says, I'll bless the work of your hands. Get your mind off of that and get it on something else. And let me tell you, after a couple times, it'll just be like this. All of a sudden, that won't control you anymore because now I would start saying things that the word, we told Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, means I'm in covenant, and the word of my testimony, I'm going to get the word. Father, I thank you, God, I am not going to be afraid. You didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. God, you will supply all of my needs. Man, your hand is not waxed short. Your arm is ready to help me. God, you take me out of all my afflictions and psalms. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. And you just begin to declare those things. I guarantee guarantee you the enemy does not know how to fight that and when you begin to replace those with the things of god the peace that passes understanding brett how's it work you might not even understand it but i'm just telling you it works get your mind off that if it consumes you is it bringing worry or anxiety it's not from god 
that, you know, people, I don't know. I think God's trying, if it's bringing you worry. Or, now, there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Now, if you're doing something wrong, it's okay if he convicts you. Say amen to that. Because he loves you and he's gonna, he wants better for you. So he's going to say, Brett, you know better than that. You can't do that. But if it's condemnation, that's not God. If it's fear, that's not God. If it's manipulation, that's not God. So now, because we know we can see, not with our physical eyes, but we know by the fruit what's God or not. We just talked about fruits. So if we know, okay, if it's not God, then I'm going to think about these things. Philippians, it says, whatsoever things are of good report, pure and holy and good, I'm going to think about those. If it's bringing worry, I'm not thinking about that. You choose what you put between your ears. Do you want peace? Then you're going to have to go after it by submitting to the Lord. And when you do, the God in you, it's just like giving Popeye spinach. That's putting inside and then all of a sudden, ba-bam, that's not controlling you anymore. You know, it's amazing what knocks off of you when you start applying the word of God. I'm trying to make this as easy as I can. Think about how to get in his will. Think about those four things. And think about what we just talked about, about agreement, about strength. Well, if I am agreeing with God, you cannot lose if you agree with God. Did you know if God before you, who can be against you? If you're agreeing with God, you've already won. Because there's strength inside. And the other stuff is what you have to speak to. You have to tell your body, you better line up with the word of God. Because God says this. I have people ask me this question. Is it God's will that we be healed? According to the Bible, it is. Jesus died for that. Wouldn't make sense if it wasn't, because then he died for nothing. So, yes. So how do we do that? Because when we are hurting, whether it's emotionally, physically, that tends to monopolize our mind. Because that's what we think about. Have you ever had a small cut on your finger and it just, and it's like, are you kidding me? It's a hangnail. And it's like, huh. I mean, and you have to go to bed and you try to put it out of your mind. I'll tell you one thing and then I'm done. You guys got it really good now. Because when I was growing up, if you had a mom like I have, she would give you stuff right from the pits of hell called methylate. It even is colored like fire. And she would put it on a cut. I just, I hate, I've got cuts on my shins to this day. I don't know how I knock my shins so much. But I always, you know, okay, see how I just said that? Because I always get cuts on my shins. But anyway, my mom would see me coming in. I'd be coming in from playing and I'd be, you know, because I always climbing trees, got in trouble for that or whatever. And she'd say, come here. And I'd, what? And she'd go, you got a cut. Sit down. And then she'd pull out that goofy brown little bottle of devil spit. <laughs> and she'd pull it out and it had that one of those little sticky wands. It's not a paintbrush, 
it's like something that would just go almost like muriatic acid or something. And she'd put it on your, and she'd say this, like it was going to be all better. Count to ten and back again. And I'd look at her, I'm like, you put it on. I go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Mom, it's not working. Do it again. But that stuff, and I'd say it's burning. It's working. That means it's working. It means I can't feel my limb. We run our life a lot of times by our emotions and by our physical senses. And that's where the enemy attacks you. You've heard me say it over and over again. You cannot live in peace that you want by letting your senses rule you. Because they will lead you astray. When we're talking the scripture we read that surpasses our understanding, it's basically telling you God's bigger than what you can understand. There's going to be times he may do something that you're like, that does not make sense. The Bible is full of things that don't make sense. If you deceive them, you're like, how'd that happen? I don't understand. How did that? How did the, he was dead? He's been dead. He's been dead four days. He smells. How'd he come to life? Doesn't make sense. How did his hand break free and, and get, doesn't make sense. He was been lame for 38 years. How could he just say, take up your bed and that doesn't make sense. How can that ax head float? Doesn't make sense. How can that? Stick make that water sweet doesn't make sense. How can he spit and put mud on somebody's eyes and they can see it doesn't make sense. There's all these things that don't make sense because it's not geared for your understanding. Your understanding is geared to submit to him. And when you submit to him, that's the peace that you need. I don't have to explain everything. Dear God, he just said, stand. And I'm going to stand. He said, move. I'm going to move. Whatever he says, when the cloud moves, that's when I'm moving. I didn't tell him when to move it. I just follow. That's what Jesus said. I just do what dad does. I just say what he says. I do what he does. That's what he wants you to do because we're supposed to be like Christ. Just do what dad does. You can start walking in peace. You can start today. Whatever's been tormenting you, put it to rest right now. Father, I'm not going to take time. I can't go back and fix it. So I'm going to move forward. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads, close your eyes.